I'm Kim Singletary. And I'm Rich Collins with Biz New Orleans Magazine. Welcome to Biz Talks. Each week, we reach beyond the pages of Biz New Orleans Magazine to bring you in-depth conversations with members of the business community. From the names everyone knows to the ones destined to make their mark, we'll dive into the top issues, best practices, successes, and failures of every industry that calls Southeast Louisiana home. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Rich Collins. Today's guest is Troy Henry, managing partner and principal fiduciary of Henry Consulting. He has more than 30 years of management experience in many categories, but today we're here to get an update on one of his most visible projects, the planned redevelopment of the former Six Flags Amusement Park in New Orleans East. Troy Henry, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Rich. Appreciate you. Okay. The big question, what is the status of the project? Well, you may be aware we've executed, I think it was in March, the CEA and development agreement, which basically authorized us officially to begin pre-development activities on the site. But Rich, you know, we we actually went at risk and started pre-development activities on the project. Not long after we got selected, we hired a team of consultants to advise us on the feasibility of our concept. Those studies are done. They came back extremely positive. And so as a result, when we got this blessing from the city, it just made it that much easier for us to, to continue to develop a momentum that we'd created. We, because of, uh, of the work that the feasibility work that we had done, we actually had three requirements that the development agreement laid out for us that we had to do in order to execute a lease. Uh, which is a 99-year lease for a dollar on a property. The first one was to hold a community meeting and communicate the feedback on what that was. The second one was uh, to submit the master plan and some of the sub-elements of a master plan to the New Orleans Redevelopment Authority, NORA. And then the third one was to submit the economic impact analysis um, as well. We, in April, the mid-April, I guess it was, we submitted those three documents to the New Orleans Redevelopment Authority. Late last week, they sent back some comments on some things they wanted to see and changes to be made. And, and we'll work through that in the next, hopefully, couple of weeks to kind of get that resolved. And then um, execute a full lease agreement so that we can truly be off and running um, and doing development work. All of our schedules really pivot from the execution of a lease because that gives us the full authority to negotiate uh, with other tenants. It also gives us the green light to access the property at our discretion and have our engineers and and all of the technical folks that have to go in, give them the access that they need. So it's important that we get this lease signed quickly, and uh, I'm hoping that we'll get that done. What was your guess at a timeline? Well, we really wanted to have it. And that the, one of my concerns that I told the mayor was I really wanted to have the lease in hand when we went to Vegas um, at the ICSC conference, which is this Sunday. Um, but it looks like, you know, based upon our the letter from Nora, um, it will be after that. I know that. And hopefully not too long after that, because, you know, we've got a 42 month development schedule from the date of the lease. So every month we don't have a lease is a month that we really can't start doing the things that we need to do to make the project a reality. Okay, big picture. What is your vision for this project now and how has it evolved in the couple of years since this whole thing 
again? Uh, you know, I live in New Orleans, so uh, we always envisioned there being, or, or the residents always thought that something family oriented is family oriented would be what um, would be most attractive to the residents there, and not a casino, not a truck stop, not a you know a whole bunch of these crazy ideas that people have had in the past, but something that is really family oriented. And um, look, I agree. I can see parts of the old Jazzland rides from my home. And so we wanted something that would just be a positive. We wanted something that wouldn't be a, a me too and that already exists in somewhere else throughout the region. Uh, we wanted something unique that would attract locals as well as out of region uh, folks as well. Because one of the things I think we learned with the uh, Six Flags project was that, you know, the attractiveness of it waned, not because of anything Six Flags did. It was just, it was pretty much dependent on the same local people who come every year. And most did, but there would be every year a, a step down and a few didn't. And so we wanted something that would continue that momentum of not just dependent upon the locals, but would be a constant stream of customers that we could depend on for many, many years to come. And so based on that, we said, okay, well, what are the hottest trends that are going on? And my CFO, his daughter is a, a travel volleyball player. And they're all over, he mics all over the place. He's in Chicago, he's in, and he's like, look, man, I really think that this travel sports thing is big. And as the more research we got into it, we began to realize that it could be the constant lure of people coming to an area for travel sports. And so that was sort of our first thought process. Then um, I also realized that a few years ago, my wife and I had gone, taken, uh, I've got two young kids, the boys are now 10 and nine, and we'd gone to Great Wolf Lodge in Georgia. And I happened to meet a good friend of mine there, just coincidentally, and his message was, wouldn't this be great in New Orleans East? And I was like, yes, it would be. And so that kind of checked a new, another trend. That's the indoor water park. Is that what that is? That is correct. It's a hotel and indoor water park combination and family entertainment center combination. So we began thinking, yeah, that would work as well. Then we began to think about, okay, well, what if you combined um, an indoor and outdoor water park and uh, that would just make it that much more attractive in the summers, but still make it attractive year round. And so we started thinking about how we would couple that together and really make something special with the sportsplex as well as the uh, water parks and hotel. So we knew we were on to something. And as we began talking to the consultants to begin the analysis, um, they kind of predicted, they said, you know, your weekends are going to be great um, because the travel sports is going to have you, you know, we'll have people in activity, but you also need things that will drive traffic for retailers during the week. And so, you know, we're simple minded. So we said, well, what would do that? Well, the other hot trend is in this area, the movie industry. So then we said, well, what if, and that would drive traffic during normal business hours, not more weekend traffic. So you mean should, uh, not, not movie theater, but movie studio. Studios. I'm sorry. What, did I say theaters? No, no, no. You just said movie industry. I just want to oh, clarify. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Um, it would be um, these um, studios, which we knew there was a demand. 
and um, a tremendous demand in this market because of the uh, tax credits. And so as a result, we um, decided to incorporate that in and began talking to a number of companies um, about putting a movie studio at the site. So it was really an idea that evolved um, by basically trying to identify needs of, from a commerce standpoint, um, uniqueness, as well as things that would be compatible with the community. So we knew the community needed more retail. We knew they wanted family-oriented things. We also knew there was a demand for the movie industry um, in this region. And so we just kind of smushed them all together and created this Bayou Phoenix concept. Sounds like you just put all of the fun things you could think of together into one uh, list. <laughs> uh, we hope so. We, we hope uh, so. Question: uh, When you say retail, are you talking about? You're not talking about the Gap, right? I mean, you're talking. It's that. That's a broader category. Yeah, we're, we're, there are two kinds of retail we're anticipating, and uh, that was part of what I was just talking to the the, the company, the retail coach about. Um, one type of retail is. Um, It'll be your novelty shops, people traveling to New Orleans. They want a New Orleans T-shirt. Um, they want, you know, the novelties of being in a, a different location. Okay. Also, also, there are, we're talking about convenience items. Somebody left town and they forgot their slippers or flip-flops or that kind of thing. But then in addition to that, because of the sports focus, we believe that sporting goods of some sort, you know, my baseball bat broke, my cleats don't fit, my bathing suit isn't what I thought it would be. So a place that would sort of, from a retail standpoint, would target those, we'll call them soft goods and novelty shops. Um, then in parallel, or in, in, in coupled with that would be um, uh, restaurants and places, dining experiences. And because we have such a family-oriented um, offering, um, we thought that we needed two types of offerings, national brands that kids would recognize, but then also brands where uh, families could experience a taste of New Orleans. Okay. So our thought process is about a 50-50 mix of New Orleans type of offerings and brands and national brands. So you might have an Olive Garden with a uh, Cafe Dumont, whatever, you know what right. I mean? But just brands that sort of cross both of those um, areas so that everybody gets a chance to experience a taste of New Orleans. But, you know, you're going to have some kids that want McNuggets, you know what I mean? Or they're going to want to, you know, something, <laughs> like that, you know, whatever. Um, you mean so, sports kids aren't going to want to come eat seafood gumbo? <laughs> yeah, they'll be like, what is gumbo? Some of them, you know. <laughs> But some parents would be like, oh, no, let's go to this nice restaurant. This has this and this, you know. So that's the thought process on the retail side of it. And so we're estimating about 100,000 square feet of retail, um, which is kind of cool. I mean, if you think the average store is, you know, 2,500 to 3,000 square feet, um, it gives you a pretty nice diverse selection of offerings that we can have there. And um, that's kind of what the thought process would be. And is the thought that this that the youth sports and the water park, those two things work hand in hand and that kids come for a sporting event and then they stay an extra day and do the other stuff? Yeah. Or when they're not playing, you know, they'll get a just imagine if they check into their hotel room 
they've got a wristband that they can go to the water park in the arcade anytime they want. So what they do is, is when they're, they might have a game in the morning and a game at night, you know, or they lost and they're in the loser's bracket or whatever, and they can go take a dip in the water park, come back, play a game, you know, or their games are over one day or stay a little longer or it gives them the flexibility to be able to, you know, when I, when my wife and kids, we've kind of done a little sampling of, of um, these types of facilities of recent. And uh, my kids have found that they like to do a wet activity. And I mean, stay in a pool the whole day. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It slides and all of that, you know, they do it for a day. But then the next day, they really want to do the video games and arcade things and bowling and right. those types of things, you know what I mean, the second day. And so this gives them the opportunity to not have to leave the campus and be able to experience both wet and dry activities, you know. Understood. Of all the things you just mentioned and all the moving parts and all the potential obstacles that you face, which of that do you think is most likely to happen? Which is the most likely to most happen the soonest? How much is it all going to cost? So um, it's going to happen. I think I don't think there's anything that I listed that won't happen. Um, the, the diversity of retailers we have no, I have no idea how that's going to play out and, and what retailers end up being selected or not selected, but we'll have retail. Um, you know, our phone's ringing off the hook and our website is as well of, especially from locals that they got an idea, they got a business, they, they want to be at Bayou Phoenix as well. Some of them never been in business before, but had an idea. I always wanted to own a restaurant, so I want to do it at Bayou, you know, we get all of it. <laughs> so... So um, so we're ferreting through a lot of that and going to these conferences to talk to the national retailers. And that's why we've hired the retail coach to help us with that. Um, timing wise, we expect to develop is a 42 month development time frame. Some things will come on sooner than others. In all likelihood, the initial movie studios will come on first. And, and, and the primary reason for that is, is that the ground that we have allocated for their facility is fully ready to go and ready to be developed. It's already filled with dirt. It's charged. It's surcharged. So it's it's kind of the most ready to go. The other areas uh, the, in the sports area that's kind of laid out is currently considered wetlands. That So there's a process we've got to go through to undeclare it, if that's a word, wetlands. Um, and so, you know, there's a process there. And then the areas where we have the retail and the water park and hotels, um, those areas, you got you got some rides that we've got to demolish. And we've got to do some analysis on, I don't know if it's a word or not, the salvageability of what's existing there. Not the rides so much as the slabs. And do we have to now tear up the slabs and then put it, you know, rip up the pilings that are there, put down new ones for new, that, that, that's a much longer process than if it's reusable um, to some extent or just, you know, supported in some way. So that portion is very, very, um, may take a little bit longer than, uh, that's why we say probably the studios will be the first. I'm glad you mentioned the park because I'm curious I was going to ask if anything could be saved and and what you're saying is if anything, it's going to be Literally the slab or the pilings. There's no nothing else is going to be preserved from that. Not much, you know. I mean, I mean, the engineers may come back and surprise us, but 
based upon our layout and what exists there today, it's unlikely that much of anything will be preserved. It's beyond the slabs themselves, you know. Sort of melancholy. I mean, obviously, it's good. It's been sitting there abandoned for, at that point, almost two decades. But it's just it's kind of sad to see that that officially that era be over. Um, there so might be there. There's a possibility that there is. I'm not at liberty to say, but there may be one very visible holdover that we are investigating. Interesting. <laughs> okay. I, I can venture a guess, but I won't. <laughs> uh, That'd be interesting. Uh, be the brave soul, the first person to potentially get on that. <laughs> but wait. Uh, so, in your plan, what what goes over that footprint of the of the existing park? What's most likely to be on top of that? So, um, in fact, if you if you allow me to, well, I guess sharing the screen doesn't help you on the podcast, no, no. podcast right? So, um, over the footprint that exists today will be the retail area. Um, and as we've got it annotated now is our back of the house, which is administrative portion gotcha. and then the, uh, indoor and a portion of the outdoor water park. Understood. Okay. okay. Understood. I'm curious. You got plans for a movie studio. You got plans for the sports complex. It's not a zero sum game, but how much are you paying attention to the potential Jefferson Parish sports complex that they've been talking about? And how much are you watching every year when, when the uh, North Louisiana legislators try and get rid of our uh, film industry tax incentives? Um, the film industry tax incentives are an important part to this because, um, you know, it's it's the reason why a lot of the studios that are already here exist. Um, so that one is more important. The Jefferson Parish Sports Complex is um, is really focused primarily around for locals. It's just another venue for locals to uh, be able to participate in activities. Um, we don't really view it as competition. It, it could end up being somewhat, but um, with ours as being a destination, I mean, it's a it's a lot different offering than just having a bunch of sports fields in the middle of nowhere isn't nearly as attractive as one that is coupled with restaurants, shops, you know, a water park, indoor, outdoor, hotels, concert venues, you know, all of the different types of things that we'll bring to the table. It, it we don't, we view ours as more of a destination um, that will, that will kind of address a need that exists in this five hour drive regional donut. Um, I think theirs is more, more to address the needs in, in Jefferson Parish. Understood. Now, I know it's hard to say because it's such a amorphous situation right now, but what's the, si what's the size and scale from a dollar standpoint of this project once, once you actually have to get it done? Yeah, um, we think it's probably a five to $600 million um, initial phase project. Um, you know, and, and each one of those elements will be financed differently. The movie studio, for example, we're anticipating they're, they're going to bring their own money, do everything themselves, and we're just going to lease them a dirt, the dirt. Different financing structure than, for example, the hotels or the, or the sports complex. The sports complex is going to end up probably being the most complicated to finance um, because it doesn't necessarily lend itself to supporting a significant amount of debt. So that is one that we're going to be, and you've probably seen in the news that we've, we're asking for some levels of public support 
um, to make that a reality there. The water park hotel, family entertainment center, and that stuff there, it'll be prim primarily traditionally financed. It's The numbers are so strong, the business case is so strong. Um, we've got people, I won't say every day, but every couple of days calling us wanting to sell us money for that portion of the deal. Uh, we just have to quantify it first, though, you know what I mean? They wanted to be part of the deal, but we've got to do our analysis so that we can understand how much it's going to cost us. And a lot of that slab element is super important to what the overall cost of this project is going to be. I got it. So you're going to be real curious to find out what they find out. Yeah. 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 Very so just much. Let me make sure I understood you correctly. So the, um, the movie studio is essentially you're leasing it to somebody who's going to pay for it and get it done. The The sports complex, uh, you don't want to take on a lot of debt. So that's why you're even reaching out maybe for some public support, public private, and then the retail correct. slash parks, that's traditional financing. Correct. Well, that, that's a, a good summary of it. Yes. Okay. And and now, is it most likely that this, uh, it's funny, everyone just says Bayou Phoenix now, is this thing going to end up being called Bayou Phoenix or is it going to be a great wolf <laughs> or somebody, a brand name that comes in and operates it? Uh, it won't be, I don't think it'll be a great wolf. Uh, we reached out to them a while ago. In fact, they weren't interested. They're building a great wolf in Houston. Um, and they think that addresses their, you know, their needs. They don't think the New Orleans market at this point in time is, and, and, and you got to remember, they don't have this concept um, when you couple things together. What they have is, a you know, an indoor water park and a hotel. And that's mm -hmm. working. We think that this destination that we're creating is pretty special. And uh, but I can tell you, Rich, that I don't know if we'll name it by Phoenix. Um, if somebody comes up with a better name, we're open. We're not wedded to that. It's just. It's just the name that we kind of needed for our proposal and it worked. It's kind uh, of become, yeah, it's become the de facto brand. Yeah, yeah, I'm almost scared to change it now. But look, if somebody comes up with something better, we're, we're open to having that done now. All right. So um, who are the people, your partners, have they evolved since this whole thing began uh, more than two years ago? Uh, who, who are the key players now? And is it, is it, that who you think is going to be in for the long haul? Well, it's 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 really the the two entities, my company, um, Henry Consulting, and uh, my partners, um, TKTMJ, um, and they're a, a local firm, development and contracting firm as well. Um, and we're both in it for the long haul. Um, they have a unique um, background and perspective on this. They're very economically, economic development focused. Um, they do these projects that nobody else seems to do or can pull off. And that's that's what I like about it. And I scared of risk. Um, and this is a risky venture for us all, but we think that with large risk, there's large rewards. So um, so yeah, that that those are the two principal partners. Now we'll we'll end up having partners on the venues. But uh, from uh, and 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 quite frankly, also the city Nora is by default a partner because it's their land, and so um, I think those are the principal entities. Um, after that, we'll have partners by on a venue by venue basis. And just to jump back to something you said much <laughs> earlier, did you say that the the way the deal works is that you essentially lease it for a, a century at a for a dollar a year? Yeah. And the point is that you, they're going to give it to you and all of the risk and all the investment comes from you and your partners. And that's why that deal makes sense. You got it. 
Um, and I, I wouldn't say all, but most of it. You know what I mean? Uh, we, ho we hope they'll provide some additional assistance. They already have made one commitment, and we're hoping the city will continue to commit to making this a reality. Uh, but we're asking the same thing of the state. Uh, we've met with the lieutenant governor. We've met with both our U.S. senators, our congressmen. Um, so, and, and we're as we refine our needs, um, we're going to be going back to them again with more definition. And, um, and, and and initial and preliminary indications are that they're supportive, and then we're we're gonna figure out what level of support we can get from them. Gotcha. Just three quick questions. I'll let you go. One is there gonna be some sort of um, logistical consideration to getting people who come to stay out there by your Phoenix, you know, to and from downtown? Are you people people coming from all over the region to do this these sporting events. I feel like they're they're all inevitably gonna want to pop downtown. Yeah, um, you know, it's interesting. We hadn't we hadn't gotten that far in the programming, as I'll call it, of the site. Um, but we're hoping that they, you know, these are families and they may not want to go downtown. Oh, that's true. <laughs> but, but 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 I can tell you that we we we've it's been a running joke on our project team is that we think the emerging industry is gonna be babysitting. Yeah. Because because there'll there's gonna be some college student who puts together a business plan that says <laughs> we're gonna babysit. These these sports kids and kids in hotels, well, mom and dad go down to the French Quarter, right? So, so um, but we hadn't programmed it um, at this point in time at all. It'll be just a shuttle for the parents. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> hey, you never know, man. You know, we don't have to do it all ourselves either. Somebody who's got a creative idea and they want to partner with us to do it, that's great. You know, yeah. we don't have to do it all. Absolutely. And then real quick, uh, you have, this is just one of many things you do. Uh, can you just, you know, just super fast, just give a an overview of of your business portfolio? I know you you have a lot of other ventures. <clears throat> yeah, we do. Um, um, Henry Consulting is a uh, um, um, we call it. We do three things. We do a management consulting and business services work, which means that we advise clients or we're implementing projects for clients. But then we have a third leg to our stool, which is what we call venture management. So we own some other companies. So we're the shell wholesalers for this region. So we supply most of the, uh, and we own some of those shell stations in this in this area. Um, we have a, a staffing business that we staff organizations throughout the region um, with people of all different expertise and skill sets. Uh, we also have a little aviation business that we own as well. Um, we also own part of a radio station here, um, WBOK, the largest <clears throat> Black-owned radio station in, in the state. Um, I'm missing another business that we own, uh, but but we got a few ventures going on um, that you know that take up a little bit of my time. So, yeah. How did the aviation thing fall in? Are you are you a pilot or? No, no, no. I don't even sit up front. <laughs> We've got some planes and uh, we lease them out as needed. And I have some partners that uh, we 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 bought them out of necessity and uh, just because of travel, logistics and schedules. And and now we lease them out as needed. But it's really, you know, it it really is. A, I wouldn't call it a money maker. It's not a money loser, but it's it, it does require a lot of attention because of its aviation and the security aspects to it. But but yeah, it's. um. It's an interesting venture. Let's just put it that yeah, way. Yeah, it's an interesting piece of the puzzle. And then yeah. of all those ventures, 
what percentage of your time right now are, do you spend on uh, Bayou Phoenix versus everything else? Boy, that's a good question. I would probably say a third of my time this year has been probably spent on Bayou Phoenix just because it's in such a formative uh, phase right now. It's it's kind of in many ways my baby. So um, I, I want to make sure that it, you know, it starts off and we get it really solidified. And at some point in time, I'll step back a little bit and the, the technical people and the smart people will kind of step in and really kind of take the ball to the next level. But at this real kind of tenuous piece or this, you know, things, a lot of things are in flux. Um, I've got to keep my hand uh, more on the, on the rudder or the controller than I normally would um, in any of my ventures, you know. Understood. Last question. What makes you worried about New Orleans and its economy? And then what makes you feel optimistic about your town? Um, I worry that we're in many ways a one trick pony. And that one trick pony is tourism. Um, it's a good it's a good trick and it's worked well for Disney and Orlando and a lot of other places. But um, it also has implications that it doesn't lend itself to some of the uh, high wage jobs of a Silicon Valley or or of a Houston oil boom uh, kind of organization. Um, and as a result, um, we we, we kind of create a permanent sort of underclass um, because they're they're oriented to uh, a low wage market. And as a result, there are implications of that that end up around crime and things of that education and crime and those types of things. So that's always been a concern of mine that New Orleans is really not diversified or it's undiversified. If anything, we had more oil here at one point in time. We had other major industries here that have sort of gone by the wayside. Um, so that kind of concerns me. Now I'm doubling down on the tourism by doing Bay Phoenix. So I believe in it and I believe New Orleans is a tremendous destination, but you know, um, I think that diversity has its, that diversification has some significant social and economic implications associated with it. And then what, what makes me um, upbeat and positive about the city is, is that it's very resilient. Uh, the people, um, people are passionate about being here. It's the reason I moved back to New Orleans after I was gone for 20 years is that um, it's just a special, unique place and the people fit that profile as well. And so, you know, we want to do things to kind of make this city special and keep it special. So that's part of why I'm doing what I'm doing with all the different projects. Um, you know, we run, Henry Consulting runs a project for the state of Louisiana called uh, the Louisiana Watershed Initiative. And that's an anti-flooding prevention initiative. And it's a billion and a half dollar project that... Um, you know, it is passion. We're passionate about that because we we're Katrina victims, and the, the the and my me personally as well. I had six feet of water in my house. Um, we I'd rather not see anybody else anywhere else have to experience what we did. So those are the types of things that kind of make me tick, get me excited about doing what we do. And um, you know, Bay Phoenix is just a small piece of what we think our overall contribution to the city, the region, and the state is. Troy Henry, your enthusiasm for the project and for your city are infectious. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to you about this. Thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you, Rich.
Thanks for listening to another episode of Biz Talks. If you like what you hear each week, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on social media at Biz New Orleans. For more information or to contact us, please visit bizneworleans.com slash biztalks.